Today on the TechBytes podcast, we talk about accelerating dynamic content to improve application performance and the user experience with the increase of remote and hybrid workers and more applications being delivered from the cloud that can complicate IT's efforts to measure and improve application performance. So today's sponsor, Palo Alto Networks, is going to share its approach to accelerating dynamic content to enable high-performance applications, which leads to better user experience. Our guest from Palo Alto Networks is Subhu Varadarajan. He is Senior Director of Product Management. Uh, Subhu, welcome to the podcast. And can we briefly discuss the trends that you see affecting a company's ability to get these high-performing apps delivered? Of course, specifically talking about dynamic content. Well, let me give you a quick background. Say when you log on to Amazon.com or you go and log on to, say, Salesforce.com, the way you log in and what content you get is a function of who you are, what role you play in the organization, and uh, you know what are the content that you have, which is very specific to you and your organization. Mm-hmm. What we mean by dynamic content is if Greg logs in, he's going to get content that's specific to Greg. And when you log in, Drew, you're going to get content that's specific to you, which means traditional approaches like caching, which is, which is if the content does not change, the same content can be delivered for a lot of users. We call them caching or static content. And industry was responding by caching them. But the moment the content became dynamic, then the challenge became, how do you even predict what somebody is going to do? How are you going to accelerate it? So the industry was still struggling to see if caching can be retrofitted. And uh, the challenge was now 90% of the latency was happening because of dynamic content. So you have identified a problem where typical things like WAN acceleration, TCP optimization aren't necessarily going to help because... We're dealing not with static content that can be shared and, and pushed out and, and staged places. It's essentially content that is being created in real time. But how can you actually accelerate that then? That That's a great question. I'm going to give you a little bit of a story about, like, I believe that all uh, smart people, you know, if you actually put them in a room, they would arrive at a solution in the close proximity to each other. For us, what happened was my experience in the past was I worked in Akamai, which is, I would say, uh, a very uh, important content delivery network company. Sure, I knows a thing or two about caching. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how to push exabytes of traffic, right? From then on, I joined a company called Shape Security. I was very early in the company, worked with some of the smartest people on the planet. And I learned how hackers use this thing called a botnet to launch attacks. So if you mm-hmm. heard botnet from dark web, you can lease a botnet CDN, and you can launch attacks against anyone that you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> and basically, myself and my co-founders, um, Kumar and Roy, we were asking this question, if the bad guys have this powerful tool called a botnet, do we have something similar for good guys, right? If you will, like a white hat a botnet, if you will, right? Yeah. And we could not find one. So we thought, can we create something that will add value to the to the tech community by creating the world's first white hat botnet. Now, Mm -hmm. the reason is it's tied to you at the very question you asked. If dynamic content cannot be cached, how are you guys going to predict what content to fetch and what content you should not fetch, right? Mm -hmm. And the way I I would map it to would be, say, for example, it's uh, time to leave work to your home and you enter your home address and you hit Google Maps. What Google Maps typically do is they would say that hey, these portions of the city are congested and they will try to route you around it. And since we are all from the networking community, we've also been using that in our internet world, right? Where we, we used to call that path selection or we used to call that congestion avoidance algorithms. And I'm Routing sure- for dollars. You want the shortest path to the destination. 
Exactly. Right. So if it's in the cache, go to the cache. If it's not in the cache, go to the source or go to a different cache potentially. Right, Greg. So what we did was, hey, if there is a way to not go to the source, but Mm -hmm. get the source to you, right? So the way we can do that is we leveraged our bots. So in our world, Greg, when you log on to salesforce.com, we spawn a bot. I'm going to label the bot Greg bot, right? Mm. It's not going to track you, but it has a one-to-one session mapping with your browser. When Drew logs on, we will spawn a Drew bot. These bots have allegiance to you, the user, have zero allegiance to Palo Alto Network, zero allegiance to the app, but it only cares about how do I enhance the experience for my user. So the idea there is that the user does the same thing twice. User, not always, not twice all the time. Mm. It's basically what we do is going back to my Google Maps example, instead mm. of focusing on the path that takes most time, Greg, I'm focusing on what APIs are taking the most time and what right. APIs are heavily leveraged by users. Now, once you are armed with this, we call this information graph, app graph. Yeah. And what we have found is the app graph for salesforce.com would be very different from that of Conquer or Ariba from SAP, right? These are amazing mm-hmm. applications that enterprises use throughout, but they also give a very powerful signal, which is how real users are interacting with these applications. So when our bot gets loaded, going back to my Greg bot example, when if you are interacting with salesforce.com, we would spawn the app graph for salesforce.com into Greg bot's context. So right. what bot would then do is, hey, Greg is now coming to homepage, it's gonna click on dashboard, most likely it's going to click on this based on the heat map that millions of other Salesforce users are using. It's almost like you're building a personalized cache just for each user. Very, very true. Right. So I'm going to Salesforce, I'm going to, and you create a context inside of the caching infrastructure for me. And I, you know, I'm on this site and you could start to use, well, I assume the AI is a part of this in the future, if not now, you can say if he's on Salesforce or Azure or whatever, you know, Microsoft Office, these are the things that that user concept is going to do. So we can cache them per user rather than saying, you know, in the old days, it was like there was a newspaper and we would cache the whole of the newspaper because 10,000 people in the company would read it at lunchtime type of thing. Well, wonderful example, Greg, right? <laughs> so I, I would just not use the word caching mm. for the following reason. Right. The way I think about the word caching is you leverage disk right? You store content in the disk ahead of time uh-huh. and you make it faster. What I think of, uh, and you know, you if, if you had to throw me a rope, the way I kind of like to map this is static content, like the newspaper example, in the computer uh-huh. world, we call them, those content were, you know, it got computed in the past, right? And the same content can now be consumed in the present by millions of users. That yeah. means you can store them in the disk and you can just take it from the disk and deliver to your users, yeah? Mm. For dynamic content, you got to do the opposite, which is you have to compute the future. And the way you compute the future is by leveraging bot technology. So whatever bots do is they understand, hey, this is how users would typically interact with salesforce.com. So they're now computing the future so that when real Greg comes and clicks on something, your hmm. bot has already got the content. So we are leveraging compute and not disk. Right. Okay. And the point is that you're sort of anticipating, you know, maybe which set of 
APIs or which services are most likely to be called by Greg, i.e. Greg Bot. And yeah, you'll exactly. get to those as fast as you can. That's correct. And what right. we do is, because we are now decoupling the time it takes for the cloud to prepare the content, right? These are dynamic content, which means today the entire world is what I call reactive, which means you once the user starts to click on something, then it starts the domino effect, right? Then the, it goes to the CDN. From the CDN, it checks the caching and infrastructure. It's not, then you find the fastest way to the mothership where the apps are running. Then the apps now starts running. So think of this like a relay race. Once you click mm -hmm. on it, everybody runs. Except apps are getting more complex, right? They're getting personalized. We are we are using large data set to get you using single page applications or PWA, yeah. you know, print yeah. when accessed, all that sort like the whole context of rendering a web page is in a state of flux. There's so many front ends now, so much like React and all of the yeah. frameworks that we're using in JavaScript. You can't cache objects. You have to come up with a different way of of accelerating app, accelerating the service, not accelerating the objects. Exactly, right? And so what we realized was, what if we decouple the cloud latency and think of that as whenever uh, the client app is requesting for something, if you already have the context, our bot would now deliver that instantly because now through Palo Alto, we got the content, we also scrutinize the content for security because we know Palo Alto is the security uh, giant in the world, mm. one of the best security companies. And with that, now we are bringing performance. And what I found to be fascinating was while we were a startup, we were focused on e-commerce and streaming and media delivery applications. And when we came to enterprise application, it was very interesting to see how the top CAOs are combating security versus performance, right? Yeah. You might have security at the same time with the modern world. Uh, you know, I was talking to our chief product officer and, and he said something that was very interesting. He said something like, hey, um, if you think about uh, how we had MPLS technology, right? Mm -hmm. Then we had SD-WAN technology. Mm -hmm. All these are amazing ways that as a technology, we are trying to figure out how to deliver the best experience. And now with Zykeda, you guys are now trying to figure out how do you customize the experience for every single user yeah. by using machine learning, by using large data set. It strikes me, but this is already very similar to what Palo Alto is doing with Prisma because each user use accesses the Prisma SASE, like in SASE, they access yeah. content scanning, logging, threat detection, threat analysis, you know, permission brokering and all um, digital experience monitoring, all those things. Mm -hmm. And what you're adding here is the next thing, which is to say, can we accept, we're already doing all of this processing um, per user in a very real sort of way, but now you're actually adding this concept of, can we accelerate the application more? Exactly, Greg, right? right. I, the way, the way I, I think the way you mapped it was actually wonderful. Yeah. Our users today, when they use Prisma Access, they have the peace of mind that you get protection from zero-day threats, you, you actually get uh, protection from data leaks and all the stuff, right? We are in the That's business right. yep. of making sure you get the secure access to all applications, mm -hmm. private or public. Now the question is, if you are a Fortune 500, if you are a G2K company, you have a distributed workforce, which means 90% of your workforce is outside your headquarters. 
And all of them are now accessing applications from environments that might not have enterprise-grade networking. Like you might be traveling and you might mm -hmm. be accessing your app from airport. All of us have been there where we can say that it's less than ideal conditions, right? Or Starbucks or your, your home where it might not have the same grade experience as your workplace. Right. We figured out was if we can accelerate the dynamic content and we can also understand how you are connecting to us. Are you having packet loss problems? Are you having some connectivity issues? And yeah. figure that out and customize the delivery for you. Then you're going to have best end-to-end -end experience. So does this mean the product is being delivered uh, as part of sort of the ADEM, the digital experience management or monitoring suite? Is there an agent involved? It sounds like it's also incorporating SASE. Can you tell me about all the pieces to, to get this capability? Absolutely true. So the way this technology works is it's a turnkey solution. It's going to be an add-on on top of Prisma Access. So for all customers who are already having Prisma Access, they can now get faster than direct internet experience. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, say you connect to salesforce.com with no security and say it takes, five, it takes 20 seconds to render a page. Now mm -hmm. with us, we are now able to get the same page with full security enabled, but mm -hmm. at five up to five times faster than the direct internet experience, right? Now this isn't Wayne acceleration. You aren't doing header compression or content inspection. You're not cracking the SSL. This is literally, to me, it sounds almost like there's a strong emphasis on predictive here. You can predict where the user's going next so you can preload. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. So we are doing the TLS uh, encryption yeah. when it comes to app acceleration, and we yeah. are predicting. I think that's the important point here is yeah. we are trying to pre-compute the content on behalf of the user based on what is relevant for them contextually. Then and This those... is something we couldn't do five years ago or 10 years ago. Because we didn't have the compute, we didn't have the software, we weren't able to profile. This is like the this is where deep learning, machine learning, artificial intelligence has enabled this kind of ability to be able to do per user predictive analysis and say, oh, I can see this person has this profile, they're using this site, therefore I know something about what they're going to do next, and I can preload or predictively do something to accelerate the traffic. That's that's exactly right. I think any new technology that comes into uh, our world, I look at that as two uh, phases, right? Phase one is where we call this a playful toy, where we play with them, we enjoy yeah. them, but then are they enterprise ready? And what I mean by enterprise ready is, can it be dependable? Can it be mission? Can it be applied for mission critical applications? And I think we are reaching an inflection point now where we can now rely on these technologies in a very predictive way. And yeah. we can still deliver value uh, yeah. in a way that that's 10x better than the past in a consistent manner, right, Greg? So I think that's the inflection point that enabled us to now use these technologies in real time. What I want to ask is, uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm here listening to this now, if I'm an existing Palo Alto Networks customer, is this just an add-on to my existing Palo products? Like, do I go to Prisma, add this, and then go to my Palo devices and start to enable the features? Is it that simple or is there something extra? Thanks for actually bringing that point out. This is just an add-on. So yeah. if you're an existing Prisma Access customer, it's just a turnkey solution for you. And to tie it to the Drew's question in the past, uh, you don't need uh, ADEM for this. It's basically, if you have Prisma Access, you can enable this, right? Okay. But when you have ADEM, Drew, what we are now doing is we are also taking all the real-time, uh, we call them RUM, real user metrics, mm 
and we enrich adam so now if you are an it person you get i would say two point of view one even when there is no problem we are now giving you an accurate depiction of how real user experience is getting impacted based on the traffic they are consuming not synthetic test but precisely based on what they are consuming and what are the disturbances that they are getting subjected to second we also give him another lens that says if someone has a problem is the problem occurring in the cloud or is the problem occurring when they are connecting in the last mile like in their uh, wifi mile if you will in the client yep. mile having yep. a bad wifi blah 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 right so with this we find that we can reduce their mtt or mean time to resolution metric significantly because there is no guesswork if someone calls the it person now the it person can clearly say hey you had these connectivity issues and this is the reason you had this bad experience then we also go to the third step and say by the way this 95% of the time we figured out that these were the reasons you were having the issues and we also managed it for you so which means users did not even know that they had a bad experience but the it guy knows how many such bad tickets right. they avoided yeah. by using acceleration yeah because you're so deep into the application flow and you're seeing the interactions go backwards and forwards you can start to debug whether it's the server side or the client side you can even predict whether it's the network you know because you're you're that deep into the flow exactly now just something that struck me here subu is this sounds like there is definitely a capability to embed this inside of applications this is something that's come on and off over the years where people who did wan acceleration of various different types you can actually take this and then embed it inside of the apps i've seen it done in cruise ships particularly where there was very long latency you know long transmission times is there something is that a direction you could think about heading in that's a, a very contextual question greg uh, yeah. we are uh, definitely thinking along those lines and we are getting our early conversations have been very very good so far Mm-hmm. Uh, i'm sure we are going to share some exciting updates on that line maybe in the next or <laughs> few uh, but there is you know strong it's synergy. obvious it's obvious so once you've got an acceleration capability like this you should embed it in the app and so it always seems that's always something that's on the table i think exactly well with that note that's all we've got time for thanks so very much to palo alto networks for sponsoring today and subi thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us it's uh this product is all his fault so if you've got any questions and you want to find out <laughs> more about it head on over to paloaltonetworks.com/sassy/access ask him about the product and see if it and as i said it we did ask the question it's just a matter if you're already a palo customer using prisma it's just a case of lighting up the capabilities and starting to do some testing to see if that works for you and as always you can find this and many more fine free technical podcasts over on our community website at packetpushes.net please like us on social media tell your friends it's a huge help to us and um once again thanks to palo for being a sponsor without them the whole network would not be possible and last but never ever least remember that too much networking would never be enough